May God be with you. Good morning to you and welcome to Mount Olivet Lutheran Church of Plymouth. Um, as you can tell, we're in for a very special morning as uh, we linger in this season of Advent and um, as the choir moves about today, um, they will be singing and the instruments will be playing all ages throughout our service in really three sections, beginning with this time of waiting and then for us to all be called to seek and do God's justice and to tell the story of God coming to us, Emmanuel, indeed. We will hear scripture from the prophet Isaiah today, and we will all be anointed with God's spirit uh, through oil. So thank you for being with us.
I'd now in light, like to invite the Mulberg Hoity family to come and light the candle. Nick and Anna and Maya and Quinn. Stir up our hearts, Lord God, to prepare the way of your only Son. By his coming, strengthen us to serve you with purified lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, 
because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. The word of the Lord. the winds of change shift against me, if the fog gets so murky I can't see, if my neighbor irks me and my enemy scares me, dwell on the word they and not on the word we when my neighbor seems so far and my enemy next door love 
want to tear down and not build up if I want to close my eyes and sleep it all away when my prayers don't seem to matter and my thoughts become so Grace and peace to you this morning. Advent, this time before Christmas, it's a time of contrasts and paradoxes. Last week, our scripture came from elsewhere in the book of Isaiah, and the prophet cried out to God to tear down the heavens and come to this hurting earth. And Pastor Beth spoke about how Advent is a time where we are free to say that everything is not okay. And Advent is indeed a time for looking at the brokenness in the world and in our lives and speaking honestly about that to God and to one another, and there's power there. But that's only half of Advent. The other side of the Advent coin is filled with visions of the future where the world is no longer hurting where there's peace and unity and safety, where hatred has withered away, where enemies have reconciled, where everyone has enough. So Advent is a time to name that everything is not okay right now, but it's also a time to name our deepest and wildest hopes, to speak visions of what we long for the world to look like, and that's what today's text gives us a vivid vision of a city once lying in ruin, rebuilt in splendor, where no hearts are broken and no prisoners languish in jail, where nobody is weeping and nobody is wearing funeral clothes. It's an 180 degree pivot from where we were last week. And so in this time of Advent, we are given a gap that we have to straddle. The gap between the world as it is now and the world as God has promised it will be. The gap between the present and the future. Now there are three ways that the church has made sense of this gap over the years and the first is to draw a firm line between the two. You've heard this, we have an earthly present and a heavenly future, and the crossover is at our death. This earth will always be filled with suffering, and our reward 
is in heaven, and your job while you live is to endure the suffering that life throws your way. Now, like much Christian theology, this line of thinking came from a desire to care for people, to announce to someone in pain that there is more to reality than their suffering, and that their suffering will not last, that joy will come even if it doesn't come in this life. And in a way, this, way, uh, um, this is true, this way of crossing the gap, because we will never have complete peace on earth, and when we die, we will be held within God's infinite love. But there's something about this way of explaining the gap that just kind of feels icky to me. Pastor Beth told me about a funeral she went to at a different church. A man had died suddenly in his early 40s, leaving behind his wife and two young children. The pastor at this church at the funeral preached a sermon where he talked about how what all the people who gathered to mourn should be feeling was jealousy for this man who died because now this man was seeing God face to face and wasn't he lucky and how he was so much happier now than he ever had been on earth and he had no burdens anymore. And Beth just sat there thinking about how his widow and children must have heard this and how maybe they were wondering if they were one of the burdens he had escaped. And if the love they had felt for each other on earth had meant anything to him at all. And that's the problem with this way of crossing the gap between present and future. If you draw the line too firmly between heaven and earth, then God tends to only stay far off on that other side of the line. And praise be to God, this is not the God that the Bible shows us. The entire witness of Scripture is of a God who is intimately caught up in every part of this earth, a God who cares about how nations treat their poor and hungry, a God who dwells with the brokenhearted, who loves this place so much that God wasn't content to stand outside it, but actually became part of it, developing a human form within Mary's body, being born out of her womb and dwelling among us in Jesus Christ. God's love for us isn't just reserved for heaven, not if we read the Bible. God wants to give us the good stuff here on earth. And so this is the second way that Christians have thought about crossing and bridging that gap between the vision of God's preferred future and the current broken-hearted present we are living in. We read the Bible and we hear of God's promised reign and we come to believe that maybe if we work hard enough, that reign will come about on this earth and we set about building God's reign here. We hear in scripture this morning that the Spirit has anointed us to proclaim good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. 
We hear from scripture this morning that, that we will be the ones who build up the ancient ruins and repair the ruined cities. And so we get serious about our work. And we start to think that if we can arrange our communal life together, if we can tinker with society just so, if we fight poverty hard enough and stop war from breaking out and care for the sick and the elderly, then we'll find God's promised reign waiting for us on the other side of that work. It will appear on earth, but only after we've labored successfully for it. And so we set about doing good in the world. You know about this right now. Mount Olivet is on a rampage of improving people's lives and striving for justice in society. We have no less than six ways here that we feed people experiencing hunger or malnutrition. We're collecting Christmas gifts for five different community partners. We tutor students in poverty. We mentor youth with incarcerated parents. We let, the, we let homeless families sleep in this building. And we just shepherded an affordable housing development through its approval process at Plymouth City Hall. We are doing a lot, and all of it is good. But let me tell you something. I was ecstatic when Cranberry Ridge, that affordable housing project, got approved last month. You can watch me actually on YouTube leading a rally in the lobby. It was so exciting. But the next morning, I woke up and I looked at myself in the mirror, and my first thought that morning was, oh gosh, is my hair thinning out? <laughs> I'd proclaimed the good news to the oppressed, and there I still was on the other side of it. I was still self-critical and defensive and a little bit vain. <laughs> There was still a longing for something more within me that had not been extinguished by success. My labor to bring God's reign on earth had not actually brought it to me. That gap between the broken present and the promised future hadn't been bridged by mine own, my own efforts. So that brings me to the third way that people of faith deal with this gap. It's a foolish way, but as most things Christian, what seems foolish to this world contains wisdom from God. The third way is this, to live your lives as though the gap has already been bridged. To imagine the world as though the fullness of God's promises are just lurking right around the corner. That God's promised vision is so close that it might just pop out at you, that the future reign of God is gonna come tumbling forth into present time at any moment. Martin Luther, he wrote in the small catechism that when we pray thy kingdom come, in the prayer that Jesus taught us, we are in fact saying, God, we know your kingdom comes even without our prayer. But we're praying because we want it to come to us, too. 
We want to live our lives like your kingdom is going to appear not just in heaven, not just in the future, but here, now, in our midst. And when we look at Jesus, when we look at his ministry, he came to earth proclaiming this exact thing. The kingdom of God is near. Turn around. Repent. God is so close to you, and you're just going about your daily lives. You're missing it. You're missing glimpses of God's future promises unfolding right now in front of your eyes. Acting as though the gap has already been bridged seems impossible. You have to look at the heartache and oppression and sin and lies and fear and death that we see in this world straight in the face, and you have to say to it, you are not as real as the goodness and abundance and joy that God has promised. You've got to look at the ruins of this world and be willing to see restored buildings. But the good news is, you don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to carry this weight all alone here. Because we believe that in Jesus Christ, the gap has, in fact, already been bridged. God already has come into this universe in the person of Jesus and has closed that gap. God's future has already begun. We don't see it completely now. We only catch glimpses, but it is truly present in our midst. Wherever forgiveness is spoken, and liberty is proclaimed wherever oppression ceases, anywhere where the morning are comforted, and anywhere where love is shown. There God is, letting the future become the present. Amen.
Please stand. And now may the peace of God be with us all. Let's share and receive peace from each other. Great. You may be seated. We continue with the offering and the children's offering for hunger.
We pray together, Savior of the nations, come. Make your home here with us. Nourish us with your love that our faith may shine ever new and our lives reveal your light. Amen. Today, um, on this Advent Sunday, where we hear the news of God's Spirit coming upon us, each of us will be anointed with that promise the Spirit comes to us on the sign of the cross to remind us, as Pastor Joel said, that we live in this in-between time of where we are now in God's imagination and promise of what the future will be. And each one of us has heart and soul and body to share to that wherever we are. So know today that all these things that we envision and we hope for in this world, thy kingdom come, are made known in us to be able to create in the world. And the two words that really come forth today are justice and joy. So I invite you now um, to gather around as um, we pray and be blessed. Gracious God, source of all justice and hope, bless this oil pressed from the fruits of the earth, given to us as a sign of your forgiveness as we seek our call in this broken world. By your spirit now come upon all who are anointed with this oil, that they may receive your spirit and be made whole to the glory of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. We pray now the prayer our Lord Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I invite you uh, to come forward just like we would in Holy Communion to two stations where Pastor Joel and I will be here to dip our um, finger in the oil and receive this blessing that you are the spirit of the Lord is upon you. After you receive that promise, that blessing, you are invited where you're sitting into a time of prayer as the music continues. So please come forward.
And now may the promise of God's presence bring restoration to you in your relationships and bring good news to a world in need. Amen.
Before we leave this place, a couple announcements. First of all, um, thank you to everyone here. This is amazing. And all these folks work together to tell the story of God coming close to our world, not just in words, but through music, which is a gift from God. So please join me in giving them a quick round of applause.
If you are new to our community, or if you've been here a while, we are giving a tour of our building. And so if you want to learn how we put our building to use to uh, serve our ministry, it's going to meet right here in the sanctuary after everyone clears out. And so uh, be looking for, I think, Bob, are you leading it? Yes, uh, Bob, Bob Swanson over there is going to be leading it. Um, if you like music and you haven't gotten enough, uh, back here on Friday night, Billy McLaughlin and his band are performing. There are tickets online on our webpage. All proceeds benefit Home Free Women's Shelter just down the way. Please come. And finally, out in the Welcome Center, if you're wanting to get called into the world and to share your abundance with those in need, we have opportunities for you to give either in-kind gifts or to adopt a family to give the parents gift cards so that they can buy their kids' uh, presents this year. And so we're going to have folks out in the Welcome Center talking about that. That is it. Please close us in song choirs.
Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace with hope. A song with 